You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Thank you, praise team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord, especially those last few songs during the offering as we were making our way up from Memphis yesterday. My, uh, my wife and kids say one of the greatest things that were made with our, our AirPods. And uh, I had my AirPods on. I turned on some, some old school gospel. I heard the song, Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. And I just forgot where I was. And got the clap of my hands. My wife said, put your hands on the steering wheel. So I put one hand on the steering wheel and begin to, you know, tap with the other one. Then I put my knee on the steering wheel and just begin to clap again. I just had church in the car on the way here because I can't forget what the Lord has done for me. Some people forget. The Bible says in the Old Testament, they forgot the blessings of God. They forgot when the Lord delivered them and they began to walk away from God. But when you remember what God has done for you, you won't walk away from him. When you remember how he forgave you, when you remember what he's done in your life, you, you got to give God praise. You've got to glorify his name. Oh, I wish I could sing right now. Jesus, I'll never forget. What you've done for me. Can somebody clap your hands one more time? And can you magnify the name of Jesus? So good to be in the house of the Lord. We love CTK. and We thank God for this excellent church. Amen. And one reason why this is an excellent church is because you have excellent leadership and pastor and sister Roma. How many of you love your pastor and his wife and their son Luca? Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord for pastor sister Romine. I appreciate this godly couple and their friendship. Amen. Whenever I'm around your pastor and his wonderful wife, I always want to do better. My wife and I and our kids love this precious couple. We thank God for them. Amen. And to the wonderful leadership team of this church, everyone, we appreciate each and every last one of you. We thank the Lord for the Sullivan's sister, Larissa. Amen. And I shouldn't get to name the names, but so good to see Pastor Caraway and his family, what God is doing. We just thank God for this leadership team. Can you clap your hands and thank the Lord for the excellent leadership that you have at CTK? So good to see, amen, Elder and Sister Blake. Love them very much and thank the Lord for them. Sister Camille, Sister Lauren, her husband, amen. Love you all so very much. Can you clap your hands and give thanks unto the Lord for your predecessor, Amen. Your former pastor, we thank the Lord for them. Now, why don't you give yourself a wonderful hand clap for just being awesome? Come on, somebody clap your hands and thank the Lord that you're part of a great church. Matter of fact, why don't you turn to two or three people around them? I know we're still trying to be safe and trying to be careful. But why don't we turn somebody, give them an air five or air fist bump and tell them how glad you are to see them in the house of the Lord. It's just good to be back in Cardinal Nation. This is God's country right here. I said, Lord, I hope we have people in the house of God today. I don't think the game is going on right now, but 
I do see a Lisa Cubs fan in the house. I, uh, every year, I've got to tease one of my pastor friends in the Chicago area. And uh, so good to see his son here today. He's true blue. He's representing the Cubs. But you can wait till next year. Tell your dad, wait till next year. His mom converted. I said, how in the world can your mom convert to being a Cubs fan? But the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Amen. Just love this church. Love everybody that is here today. So good to see brother and sister Burns here today. Amen. Can we get clap our hands and thank the Lord for brother Jerry Burns and his wife. Brother Jerry Burns and my wife at one time were in the same youth group just across the river in St. Peter's, Missouri. Amen. And he was like a big brother to my wife. I said, I got to be on my P's and Q's or brother Burns is going to send me to the ER. <laughs> I think he's still the strongest man in Pentecost, but it's so good to see them. I love the Burns family, and I thank the Lord for them. Praise God. You can be seated here in the house of the Lord today. Is anybody thankful that you know that Jesus Christ is alive and well? I said, does anybody believe that Jesus is alive? He's not some dead savior in a tomb somewhere in Jerusalem. But does anybody believe that Jesus is alive, uh, that he is still on the throne, that he is still in control? If you believe that, can somebody shout hallelujah? I never thought that we'll still be in the midst of a pandemic. But I come to remind somebody that even in a pandemic, God is still on the throne. I said, even in a pandemic, he's still healing. He's still delivering. He's still changing lives. We don't serve a God, amen, who has got amnesia, who doesn't know what is happening in our world today. We serve a God that knows exactly where we are in the prophetic time clock. Our God is still in control. If you're thankful to know that Jesus is still alive and that he is still in control, can somebody shout hallelujah? In the book of Acts chapter 1. Luke records that Jesus showed himself a lot after his death, burial, and resurrection by many infallible proofs. According to the Apostle Paul, more than 500 people saw the resurrected Christ at the same time. His disciples saw him alive and accurately gave an account of their encounters. One of those instances can be found in John chapter 21. The Bible tells us in the first verse that Jesus showed himself again. Can somebody say again? Again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, which is the Greek way of saying the Sea of Galilee. And this is how he revealed himself. After six other disciples decided to join Peter in a nighttime fishing expedition, John, who was one of those disciples who had joined Peter, remembered how they have fished all night, but caught nothing. But early in the morning, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples didn't recognize him. The Bible tells us that he asked them if they had caught any fish, and their reply was no. Scriptures go on to tell us that he instructed them to cast their net on the right side of the boat. And that they were fine. Ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus tells you to do something, when he tells you, amen, to 
to, to, to cast your net, when he tells you, amen, to do something that might go against what you know to do, what you think you ought to do, it's at that point that you've got to realize that God has your best interests in mind. And the Bible tells us, amen, that he instructed them to cast their net on the right side of the boat and that they would find. So they did. And John wrote that they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish, because of the multitude of fish, about 153 of them to be exact. The scriptures tell us uh, that when they began, amen, to, to struggle to bring that net into the boat, uh, that that's when John realized who it was speaking to them and instructing them. John, that beloved disciple, said to Peter these four words. This is my message here today. Amen. John said these words to Peter. He said, it is the Lord. Turn to somebody and say, it is the Lord. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put back on his outer garment that he had taken off for work, jumped into the water, and began to make his way to Jesus, uh, amen, standing there on the shore, talking to them, instructing them, uh, amen, was Jesus himself, uh, but the disciples did not recognize him. But when uh, he revealed himself to them, when uh, they realized who it was speaking to them, they quickly made their way to meet him. And he invited them to come and dine, amen. He invited them to come uh, and to be in fellowship uh, with him, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we find ourselves involved with situations entangled with the cares of this life. And we lose sight of who Jesus is. Most don't know who he is and wouldn't know, amen, or recognize him uh, if they were to meet him today. But to those uh, who should know him, to those uh, who should have a relationship with him, it is important to be able to recognize and to acknowledge him in any situation that may arise uh, in your life. Can somebody say amen? It is important in the day and age that we are living in to know Jesus and to be able to discern when he is speaking to us. I said it is important in this day and in this hour in which we are living in to know Jesus and to be able to discern when he is speaking to us. We must know when it is the Lord. Can somebody lift up your hands and can somebody lift up your voice and can you ask the Lord to give you discernment to help you to be able to recognize his presence, to be able to recognize his voice. Just a few moments ago in this time of worship, uh, the Lord came into this place. I can feel his holy presence. I can feel his love. I can feel his mercy. I can feel his grace. I can feel him reaching out to somebody a few moments ago. Amen. People began to step out. Thank God that you have a pastor's wife that's sensitive uh, to the moving of the spirit. Thank God. Uh, amen. That there are people who know, amen, that when the Lord shows up, uh, there should be praise. There should be worship. Ladies and gentlemen, can I just stop right here for a moment to tell somebody in this place uh, that when the king of kings shows up, uh, there ought to be praise. Yes. 
This is not my message, but I feel right now in the Holy Ghost to remind CTK that when the King of Kings shows up in the house of God, when the presence of the Lord is manifested, that's not the time to be silent, but that's the time to begin to praise and magnify the Lord. The scriptures tell us that when Jesus was riding on the donkey, as he began to ascend into Jerusalem, people began to worship. They began to throw their garments in the way. They began to cut down palm trees and begin to worship and praise God because, amen, when when Jesus is coming near to you, something salvific is going to happen. When Jesus is coming near to you, restoration is going to happen. When Jesus comes near to you, he's got a blessing in store. He's going to do a work for your I say he's going to do a work in your family. Praise God. I'm looking for somebody in this place that understands that Jesus is in the house. And when Jesus is in the house, what he has promised can be fulfilled. When Jesus is near, what he has said he is going to do can be done in your situation. Does anybody believe that? I wonder, can you stand to your feet? Can somebody put your hands together and begin to magnify and glorify the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. We've got to recognize when Jesus shows up, we've got to recognize when he is near, we've got to listen to his voice and obey it. Can somebody shout hallelujah? hallelujah? You may be seated. The most important relationship that we can ever have in life is a close and personal relationship with the Lord. Matter of fact, uh, one of the most important things that we need in this life uh, is to be able to know his voice uh, and to be able to discern when his presence uh, is among us. If there is something that I have observed that sometimes has been lacking in our midst, that sometimes has been lacking in our services, uh, that sometimes has been lacking in my life uh, is a lack of uh, discernment. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're not careful, if we don't have true and proper discernment, we won't be able to tell the spirit of entertainment from the true anointing of the Holy Ghost. I said, if we're not careful, amen, uh, if we do not have discernment, we will not be able to recognize uh, when the Lord shows up. I was preaching somewhere between northeast and west. Kind of like west. And, uh, amen, in one particular service we were in, we were down in the valley. And in the valley, the Holy Ghost began to move. And before anybody can lay hands on anybody, while the, the praise singers were singing, the Holy Ghost moved in and there was a man who was healed. He had severe back pain. But while, amen, the worship was going on, he made his way out of the aisle. He came and just stood and began to worship the Lord. And the Lord miraculously healed his back. Instantaneously, his pain was gone. Amen. Praise God. When the service during the altar call, amen, was given, there was a young man that came. He had severely damaged his ankle playing football but his pastor went down and began to pray for him and when his pastor prayed for him the Lord amen healed his ankle amen he told his mother look at this he began to jump up and down ladies and gentlemen I come to tell you amen that when the presence of the Lord shows up there's no telling what can happen in the place I mean, I went on to the next church, and when I was at the next church, the Spirit of God was moving just like today. And I told that church, uh, I, I don't say this lightly, but I told that church I could feel the working of miracles. Praise God. Amen. The working of miracles was in the house. When I said that it kind of got tight, amen, I just, amen, tr tried to encourage the, the people of God. I prayed for a few people, had them to raise their hands, amen, because I still believe uh, that the Lord can heal. I still believe uh, in the working of miracles. 
but I wasn't able to do much in that service, praise God, as far as following the Holy Ghost. Uh, but the Lord did bless. I went, amen, somewhere else back east, praise God. Uh, amen. And when we were back east, the Holy Ghost began to move, and I didn't tell anybody anything, uh, but I could feel the working of miracles once again. And before, amen, anything was said, amen, there was a young man who was playing the guitar. Amen. He had been in severe back pain praise God he had uh, uh, had a side nerve that was uh, that he was dealing with but while he was playing the guitar nobody laying hands on him all of a sudden amen he felt amen something touched his back uh, amen he straightened up uh, amen his hands flew in the air he went back to playing the guitar and then when he had an opportunity he asked the pastor he could testify he said pastor amen I, I've been in severe pain I've been dealing with the side nerve and it's been it, it just affecting my back but I felt the Lord touch me right now Amen. And he began to worship and praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, I come to tell somebody in this place that the Lord moved in here a few moments ago and somebody could have received a healing. The good thing about God is that you can still receive it. But if you would just lift up your hands, if somebody would just lift up your hands in this house, I am telling you, healing virtue can come to you right now. The Lord can touch you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Sometimes it's not a physical healing that we need. Sometimes uh, it's an emotional healing. But if somebody can allow the Lord to touch, amen, into the deep wounds, if somebody can just lift up your hands, allow God to touch you right now. Uh, I believe healing, I believe restoration can take place uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you see somebody with their hands raised, amen, maybe you don't need a healing, uh, but if you see somebody with their hands raised right now, you feel comfortable in doing so. Uh, I wonder, can you just stretch your hand to somebody that's standing, uh, somebody with their hands raised? I wonder if you could just point your hand, if you could just reach over to a family, somebody who is beside you right now. Let's just begin to pray for those that have their hands raised in the name of Jesus uh, in the balcony. I pray healing virtue will flow uh, even now by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, your healing virtue is in this place let there be healing let there be physical healing let there be emotional healing let there be healing in the mind in Jesus name can somebody clap your hands once again and can somebody give God glory Ladies and gentlemen, I will submit to you here this morning that we must cultivate uh, a sensitivity to his voice uh, and to his presence. Uh, and the only way that we can do that is to know the Lord and to draw close to him. Turn to mind, tell him we've got to draw close to the Lord. Past revelation is not enough. You've got to have a pre present encounter with the Lord. Thank God for what he has done in your past. Thank God for the past experiences that you have had, if you have had them. But what's past is prologue. You need a fresh encounter with Jesus Christ in the present. Amen. You and I, ladies and gentlemen, need a deeper knowledge of who Jesus is. If anybody should have known that it was Jesus standing on the shore speaking with them, it should have been Peter. Peter was the first one of the 12 disciples who received a revelation of who Jesus truly was. He was the one who boldly declared that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. But when he saw the resurrected Christ, he assumed that he was just another fisherman giving out advice. When he saw Jesus saying, have you caught anything? He just thought, you know what? 
I've been down this road before. A lot of people try to give me advice instead of being prideful and think I know how to do, amen, this the best. I'm going to take this man's advice, not realizing that it was the Lord. How could this be? How could the one who received such a great revelation not recognize the resurrected Christ? Could it be because he was sitting in a boatload of discouragement? Maybe the reason why he had went back to his fishing business in the first place is because he felt that he could never be forgiven for denying the Lord thrice. He felt unworthy due to his failure. He had lost hope that he could be involved again, even though he had already saw the resurrected Christ a few times before. Yet here was Peter in the boat, not realizing that Jesus was speaking to him. His discouragement kept him from being able to recognize the resurrected Christ. His past denial affected his ability to discern the presence of the Lord. That's what sin will do to your life. It will cause you not to be able to recognize and discern the presence of the Lord. But sometimes it's not necessarily your sin. It's not necessarily the things that you've done wrong in your past. Amen. The things that you have been forgiven of that keeps you from being able to enjoy being in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes it's kind condemnation that you feel from your past choices and I believe uh, that Peter was in that boat uh, and even though he had been forgiven uh, even though he had already saw the resurrected Christ uh, a few times yet uh, in that boat with condemnation and feeling guilt uh, he said I'm just going to go back to the fishing business Uh, amen I had the keys handed to me amen but I got to give them back Uh, I'm not worthy amen to do anything for the kingdom of God and here he was uh, in the boat feeling condemned uh, amen not really realizing that Jesus was on shore amen about amen to help him to understand his purpose I come uh, to tell somebody here today that you have to learn uh, to forgive yourself uh, and not allow discouragement to keep you away from being uh, in his presence. Uh, I said you've got to learn how to forgive. The Lord has forgiven you uh, and if the Lord has removed your sins as far as the east is from the west uh, you don't need to allow the enemy to condemn you uh, and you don't allow amen yourself to condemn you. Uh, Don't allow yourself uh, amen to be caught in a boatload of discouragement when God's got something better in store for you. If you believe that, can somebody clap your hands uh, and can somebody shout hallelujah? Amen. One of the greatest tools that the devil uses at his disposal to keep you from reaching your full potential is discouragement. If he can discourage you to drift away from what God is calling you to do, he can assail the plan that God has in your life. But you have to understand, amen, that Jesus is standing on shore talking to you. Uh, When Jesus is talking to you on your shore, then he's got something great in store for you. It's a good chance uh, that he's got something better for you. There's still a plan that he has uh, for your life. So I come to tell somebody, amen, don't allow discouragement to ruin what God has for you. Don't allow discouragement, amen, to cause you to miss out on what God is trying to do for not only for you, but also for your family. Discouragement. I was to meet to today that discouragement is a loss of courage, which stems from a loss of hope and a loss of faith. It can lead to excessive grief, and excessive grief can blind you to the reality of what God is already doing in your life. The Bible tells us in the chapter prior to this seaside encounter in John chapter 21, that Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene after his resurrection. But she too didn't recognize him. The scriptures tell us in John chapter 20 that when Jesus came alive again early 
that Sunday morning that Mary had assumed that either the Roman soldiers guarding the tomb or the religious Pharisees had taken away his body. She was so distraught over it. Amen. While she stood outside an empty tomb weeping, she saw two angels that she just assumed were two ordinary men. They asked her why she was crying, but she could even hear the good news because of her grief. Here were two angels talking to her, but she could not even discern that she was in, amen, the holy presence of these angels because of her excessive grief. But the Bible says that when she turned around, can somebody say turn around? When she turned around, that's when she saw him. But she did not recognize who Jesus was. She just thought, amen, that he was the gardener. She assumed that he was the keeper of the grounds. Uh, but while she was weeping, Jesus asked her, why are you weeping? Mary Magdalene's grief guarded her from recognizing who Jesus really was. She couldn't distinguish him from the gardener. But when he spoke her name, she turned back around and she called him master. I said when she when when Jesus spoke her name that's when she realized it wasn't a gardener it wasn't just the keeper of the grounds but it was her lord and savior that he was alive just like he said he was going to come alive I come to tell somebody in this place or maybe somebody that's watching online you need to turn around and call on his name I said somebody needs to turn around and call on the name of the lord can somebody lift up your hands right now can somebody lift up your voice and can somebody just simply speak the name of Jesus? Can somebody just simply speak the name of Jesus right now? Somebody in this house, uh, you're saying, preacher, you're preaching an Easter message, but it's not an Easter message. Uh, amen. It's not just for some special Sunday. It's an every Sunday message. It's an everyday message. Amen. Somebody in this place, it's hard for you to hear the good news uh, because of your past, because of your failures, uh, because of what you're going through. But the Lord wants to tell you, amen, it doesn't matter what you've gone through in your life. Uh, it doesn't matter what your questions are. The answer to your questions uh, is still Jesus. Uh, the answer to the problems that you face in your life. Life, uh, the troubles that are going in your life uh, is still Jesus. Uh, the answer to what's going on in our world uh, is still Jesus. Uh, the answer, amen, to the political upheaval in our country is still Jesus. Uh, the answer to the pandemic that's going on, uh, amen, across the globe uh, is still Jesus. Uh, the answer to, amen, that antichrist spirit that's trying to come against us uh, is still Jesus. Can I tell somebody in this place that we've got to have a turnaround right here, right now, here today? Jesus is calling CTK. Jesus is calling us somebody's name. It's time for us to call on his name. It's time for us to have a turnaround and to call on the name of Jesus. I wonder, can somebody stand to your feet if you recognize that the Lord is here? If you recognize that Jesus has something for you, can you stand to your feet and lift up your hands? And can somebody just simply call on his name today? Come on, somebody call on the name of the Lord Jesus right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Remain standing with me all over this house, musicians, if you could come right now. I come and tell somebody that you've got to get out of the boat of discouragement. I come and tell somebody that you've got to draw closer to Jesus. You've got to get out of your comfort zone and make your way to him. You cannot allow the past to impede your progress. You cannot allow discouragement, grief, or past failures to deter you. You cannot be content with just mere religion praise God I said you cannot be content with just mere 
religion. I feel apostolic authority right now. Can I tell somebody that religion is not enough? If this pandemic has shown us anything, I said it last year, but let me say it right now in 2021. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that religion just won't do. I said, when they lock us out, when they shut us down, you better have a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you don't have your pastor around, amen, when your youth pastor's not around, you better have a relationship with Jesus Christ because religion just won't do. Praise God. I'm not a prophet, neither son of a prophet, but I realize that we like you two prophets. We're like those that tell us what we want to hear. But the Holy Ghost spoke to me in 2019. I've shared this with this church. Amen. The Holy Ghost spoke to me in November 2019 that if American church was not awakened in 2020, it would be. In November of last year, on election day, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. The Holy Ghost came upon me. And I began to dance and I began to shout, not because of the election results, because there was no determination of what, had, what the results were. But somewhere between midnight and 4.30, I began to dance and shout and praise God. And the next thing you know, I went into deep intercession. Amen. Praise God. And the Lord spoke three things to me concerning what was going to happen. Amen. In the near future. Ladies and gentlemen, religion is not going to do. Religion will only take you so far. But you must seek relationship. The Bible tells us that while Saul of Tarsus made his way to Damascus, Syria, to persecute more Jewish Christians than he actually thought, that he was doing the Lord's bidding. There are some people using the name of the Lord, thinking that they're doing God's bidding, but they're actually persecuting the Lord himself. Amen. The Bible tells us that Saul had a religious zeal, but not a relationship with the Lord that was based on a true revelation and knowledge of who he was. But while he was on his way to Damascus, while he was on the journey, he had a God encounter. That's what we're here for today. There's some that are just here for religion just to check off the list on your Sunday and say, hey, I went to church. But there are those that are here for a God encounter. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to have a God encounter. We've got to have more than just the average mundane Pentecostal service. But we've got to have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's recorded in Acts chapter 9 that suddenly a light from heaven shone round Saul. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, here's a man who went to the top seminary in his day. Here was a man that they were grooming. He was making his way up the religious ladder. He knew the commandments, not just the Ten Commandments, but all 816 of them. But even though, amen, he had religion down pat. When he heard the voice say, why are you persecuting me? Saul responding by saying, who are you, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you have been persecuting. From that moment on, his life was changed. He was baptized in water in Jesus' name and received the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in tongues. He went on to become the great apostle Paul. But that day, he went beyond mere religion and entered into relationship. He came to find out that Jesus is Lord. 
that the Jehovah of the Old Testament, that the Yahweh of the Old Testament was Jesus himself. He was God Almighty who manifested himself in flesh and in his humanity Jesus went to the cross and died was buried and came alive again the one that he was persecuting was alive and well and was on the throne when he heard the voice and he asked the question who are you Lord? I thought I knew you but I realized I'm hearing a voice from heaven and I realized I really don't know you. I have religion but I don't have relationship who are you Lord? And the Lord said I'm the one that you've been looking for. I'm the one that you've been fighting against. It's time to stop fighting me. It's time to surrender to me. I am Jesus. How come I tell somebody in this house that when you recognize who Jesus is, you can make your way to him. When you recognize who Jesus is, you will fall down and worship him. When you recognize who Jesus is, you can be forgiven and you can be restored. When you recognize who Jesus is, you can be saved by his shed blood and empowered by the Holy Ghost. I come to tell somebody in this house, somebody who's watching online, you don't have to be perfect to recognize who Jesus is. You just have to respond to him. I said you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to have been in church for 20 years. You don't have to have know all books of the Bible. You don't have to pray, amen, 30 minutes or 30 hours. Amen. You can just have an understanding that when Jesus is near, I can make my way to him. You don't have to be perfect. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 7 of a woman of ill repute. And I come to a close with this. She recognized who Jesus was. Luke writes that while Jesus was dining in the home of someone very religious, that it wasn't his religious host who recognized who he was, but rather this woman who the Bible says was a sinner. Can somebody say a sinner? Scriptures tell us that when Jesus was in the house, And she knew he was there, that she came and brought her alabaster box, stooped down at his feet, and with tears and perfume, she washed his feet with her hair. The religious hypocrites went into a fit. (laughs) They said, don't they know? Doesn't he know who this woman is with all the tattoos on her body, working down the red light district, coming in here, Amen. At his feet. Doesn't he know who she is? She doesn't attend our synagogue. Those religious hypocrites. Jesus responded to them and with the words to the religious hosts, he said these words. Do you see this woman? I entered into your house and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time that I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you that her sins, which I don't deny, I don't turn a blind eye to them. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. When you recognize that Jesus is Lord, 
just like this woman, you can be forgiven. When you recognize that Jesus is Lord, just like Peter, you can make your way to him and be restored. When you recognize that Jesus is Lord, just like Paul on the road to Damascus, you can be forgiven and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Does anybody realize here today that Jesus is in this place? If you recognize that he is here, if you discern his presence, I wonder if you can lift up your hands right now. That's it all over this house. Come on, somebody just begin to pour out your love to him. Somebody begin to pour out your worship to him. Come on, somebody through your brokenness, through your pain, through your failures, your past mistakes. Come on, somebody. Instead of being afraid, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody begin to call on his name right now. Come on, instead of being discouraged, somebody make your way to him. Come on, that's it all over this place. That's it all over this house. The Lord is here. I said the Lord is here. I want to kiss somebody recognize. If you feel comfortable right now, amen. If you feel comfortable, why don't you begin to make your way down to the front. This area that we have reserved for a time of prayer, for a time of recognizing that Jesus is near. If you don't feel comfortable with coming to the front, why don't you just begin to lift up your heart, lift up your faith, lift up your voice, lift up your hands right where you are. Come on, the Lord can touch you right where you are. Come on, those that are watching online, hallelujah, lift up your hands right there in your home, right there in your living room. Come on, he is here. Jesus is here. Come on, don't let your past, don't let your past keep you from what God's got for you. That's it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, somebody, you can be forgiven today. You can be forgiven today. Come on, that's it. That's it, hallelujah. You can be restored today. Come on, your heavenly Father. He's not looking at your past mistakes. He's celebrating that you're responding to his presence. Come on, that's it. Somebody discern the presence of the Lord. Somebody discern his presence. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, if you need to be forgiven, you can be forgiven. If you need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you can receive it. If you need to be renewed in the Holy Spirit, you can be renewed. If you need to be healed from deep hurts and pains of the past, you can be healed today. His power gives strength.